Welcome to Zaslow Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No. Before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0, my guys Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna John Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome! Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Tuesday, the 27th of February. Good to have you aboard, part of the Believe Podcast Network, and presented as always by our title sponsor, Everything Zaslow Show 2.0, Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3-800-747-3733. So glad to have you here with us on a Tuesday. We got a lot going on, and of course, don't forget... The winning plays are out there, and Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your wagering needs. That includes pro and college hoops throughout the rest of this year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. So we got a little late night with the heat action last night. If you stayed up, losing the sleep, waking up a little bit groggy, it was worth it. Last night, one of the better wins of the season. Really, the last couple games, a couple of the better wins of the season. You better get a schluffin'. You better be able to take a nap at some point during the day today because we're doing it all over again tonight. Late night with the Heat, back-to-back nights at Portland, and now the team has a chance. that They're 2-0 on this four-game trip, and this is a difficult trip. One in New Orleans, one last night <coughs> in Sacramento. Tonight at Portland, which is the easiest of the games, but the easiest of the games coming on the second night of a back-to-back, and then they finish in Denver. So at worst... They've secured themselves a good trip at 2-2. Two and two. They can make it a great trip if they win this game tonight and you got a chance to sweep the road trip in Denver, which is not going to happen. But if you can go 3-1 and one on this trip, that's a great trip. So we'll do a lot of heat. It's Tuesday. We're going to have Twitter Jam. You know what I'm talking about. No spoilers, but 
Twitter Jam might be on the heat in their win last night. Okay, fine. Let's get to a little bit of what happened last night. So, we'll start out with the college basketball real quick. University of Miami. Hurricanes have played North Carolina so well this year. Was it a four-point loss a week and a half ago, two weeks ago? Last night, also a four-point loss. They came back in the end. They were down by 13. They made a run. They had a chance. They lose 75-71 at UNC. Number 15, Baylor bounces back with an eight-point win at TCU. They had lost a couple games in a row. That's it for the college basketball last night. The NBA, outside of the heat, there's one game to note last night, and it was the Knicks with a 113-111 win over the Detroit Pistons. Here's why we're making note of it. We know the Pistons are the drizzling shits, but the Knicks were pushed by this Detroit team. The Pistons, that was controversy. The Pistons, they score with about 20 seconds left to take a one-point lead. And here's the ensuing possession. This is the call on, on MSG. It's Mike Breen, Clyde Frazier. And you could hear the Knicks, they fumble the ball. The Pistons, Osar Thompson recovers. No foul call. The Knicks steal it back. Josh Hart gets the game-winning score. Ten seconds to go, he throws it away. Ball loose, picked up by Brunson. Brunson inside the heart. Hart's banks it in. And a foul. Knicks take the lead. Monty Williams is furious. He thought a foul should have been called. There was so much contact. But Josh Hart with the big bucket and a free throw coming up. Asar Thompson was practically tackled by Dante DiVincenzo. No call, and it really feels like one of those situations where the referee was afraid to make the call. It's a terrible Pistons team. They're in the garden. The garden's going crazy. That could be an intimidating atmosphere. It's an awful job by the officiating crew. Josh Hart gets the basket and the foul. Knicks go on to win 113-111. The Pistons drop to 8-49. and Now, the pool reporter caught up with the head of officiating that, that, the crew chief, and he said they missed the call. They got it wrong. Now, you will remember the New York Knicks a couple weeks ago in Houston. T- terrible. Excuse me. Terrible. Late call. Jalen Brunson fa- fouling the shooter on a three. They gave him the free throws. The Rockets win the game. After the game, the pool reporter caught up with the crew chief and said they blew the call. Should not have been a foul. So now, exactly the opposite happened in the Knicks' favor. So it's all evened out for the Knicks now over the last couple of weeks. But that doesn't mean that Monty Williams, who, don't forget, is the highest-paid coach in the NBA, and his team is 8-49. and 49. Monty Williams has never been a good coach. And for the Pistons to make him the highest-paid coach in the league, and now this is the result, I, I mean... They owe him so much money, I don't know how you don't fire him after the season. But, Monty Williams, after the game, meets with the media. Where's the New York media now? The absolute worst call of the season. No call. And enough's enough. We've we've done it the right way. We've called the league. We've sent in clips. We're sick of hearing the same stuff over and over again. We had a chance to win the game, and the guy dove into Asar's legs, and there was a no call. That's an abomination. 
You cannot miss that in an NBA game, period. And I'm tired of talking about it. I'm tired of our guys asking me, what more can we do, coach? That situation is exhibit A to what we've been dealing with all season long, and enough's enough. You cannot dive into a guy's legs in a big-time game like that and there be a no-call. It's ridiculous, and we're tired of it. We just want a fair game called, period. And I got nothing else to say. We want a fair game, and that was not fair. I'm done. All right, it was obviously a terrible, terrible no-call. The crew chief admitted after the game it should have been called a foul on DiVincenzo, so they blew it. So, in theory, Monty Williams is right. But here's the thing. Monty Williams is making it sound like things like this have been happening, and that's why they're 8-49. and 49. Monty, you're 8-49. and 49. Have there been games maybe where the officials have missed calls? Yes, it happens to every team. You're the only team in the league that is 8-49. and 49. I mean, you're doing all the right things. You're sending tapes into the league. Monty, you're 8-49. and 49. Yes, you guys got hosed tonight at the Garden. But you're, don't make it sound like bad officiating throughout the season is what's holding your team back. Monty, you've done an awful job this year. Your team is terrible. You took the money. You're the highest paid coach in the league. And you have one of the worst teams ever. You could be mad about it. I don't know why you're blaming New York media either, but you can be mad about it. I, you cannot make it sound like you've been complaining to the league all year and you're over it because this is why your team is 8-49, and 49, is bad officiating. Believe me, as bad as NBA officiating is, Monty, your team's a lot worse. NBA officiating's not good. Your team's horrific. NBA officiating is poor. Your team's one of the worst of all time. Don't make it sound... Like, just because you got hosed at the end of this game is why your team is an all-time horrific squad. You're 8-49. Take it down a notch. And that right there is a bit of what happened last night. So now let's get to the fun stuff. Like I said, if you're a little bit tired today, I appreciate you hanging out and listening or watching the show for that matter. But it was worth it. Last night was one of those games, and it's back-to-back wins now to start out this trip. Last night was one of those games where late night with the Heat, you were into it. I was up late last night. I'm fighting to stay awake. I'll be honest. I'm fighting to stay awake. And the Heat, they get the win in Sacramento, 121-110. We know no Jimmy Butler. We know no Thomas Bryant, whatever. We know no Nikola Jovic. We find out during the day, no Tyler Hero and Terry Rozier is not quite ready. I would expect both them to play tonight, especially second out of a back-to-back. Maybe you didn't want to bring Rogier back right away for a back-to-back, and you didn't want Hero, who's a little bit sore, to have to play a back-to-back either. I would expect both of them to play tonight. The Heat win 121-110. Tight game in the first half. We get to the second half, and DeLon Wright got the start, got his first action as a member of the Miami Heat. He finished the game with 13 points. Second half, the Heat, they're pulling away in the third quarter. They're up by 20. Early in the fourth quarter. What this has turned into one of the best, if not these best, performances of the season. Yesterday on Driving the Line, you guys know I'm on Driving the Line every Monday with Jonathan Coachman now and Bell. YouTube.com slash at driving the line. They stream live every day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. I'm with them on Mondays. And one of my two picks last night was the Heat plus seven and a half. Way too many points. 
Love the Heat winning the game outright anyway, but we knew, if you're, you're a Heat fan, you knew last night was one of those games where it's going to be just dripping Miami Heat culture, oozing Miami Heat culture. That was your quintessential Eric Spolstra, we have enough kind of game. You knew when th- this team, when the odds are against them, when they're shorthanded and against good teams as well, they come out to play. You knew you were getting a big-time effort, a big-time performance from the Heat last night. That was not a surprise. And so the Heat are up by 20 early in the fourth quarter, and then you get the massive Kings run. And it was starting to look like they were going to blow it. I mean, the Kings are coming all the way back. They pull within two. You get a huge basket from Bam out of bio. You get a pair back-to-back baskets, which put them back up six or put them back up eight from your boy, Jaime Jaquez Jr. If you didn't know it, that's my dog right there. Jaime Jaquez Jr. They look like a rookie. I'm watching with my son. He turns and goes, that doesn't look like a rookie. Oh, I know. That definitely does not look like a rookie. Jaime Jaquez Jr., that is your dog. They don't win that game without him stepping up last night. He had 26 points. And really, for the first time since returning from injury, he's looking like Jaime Jaquez Jr. again. Like he kind of hit that wall because of the injury. And now it's almost like you needed to throw him into the fire where they're relying on him because you're without Jimmy, you're without Tyler, no Terry Rozier. I feel like this is going to kickstart Jaime to get going again. Bam led everybody with 28 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists. Jaime, like I said, 26 points, 12 of 17 from the floor. Huge baskets late in the fourth quarter when it looked like this game was slipping away from them. Kevin Love, how about your boy Kevin Love? In 15 minutes off the bench, he scores 19. A a throwback performance. Kevin Love was like, all right, no Jimmy tonight, no Terry Rozier, no Tyler Hero. Let's pretend like I'm back in Minnesota here. I'll be the go-to guy for 15 minutes. 19 points in 15 minutes. Kevin Love, he was your boy last night. So, Few of the stars there from the game last night. Bam, Jaime, Kevin Love. Shout out to Lon Wright. Shout out to uh, uh, Caleb Martin. That was a big time, big time win. And how about this? To nobody's surprise, if you pay any attention to this team. So remember when the Heat were struggling. They lost seven in a row. What happened after they lost seven in a row? Team meeting. Team Now, for most teams, team meetings are bullshit. But this wasn't really a team meeting. It was, it was a film session. It, was, it wasn't even a team meeting. It was a film session where Jimmy stood up and addressed everything that's going wrong. Guys said some things, got some things off your chest. And after that film session, they had lost seven in a row. After that film session, what did I say? It's on now. Now this team's going to get going. Because this team, they thrive with the conflict. They thrive with confrontation. They thrive when they're up against it. They love being uncomfortable. This is part of Heat culture. And what did I tell you when they had that film session? Now, it's on. Guess what? The Heat are 8-2 since that film session. 8-2 since that film session. 
Come on. Do you know this team or do you know this team? It was the most obvious thing was going to happen. They get to a place in the season and it becomes, all right, it's time to get this shit going. And guess what? You saw Jimmy Butler when he was leaving the floor after he was ejected the other night in New Orleans. He's yelling at everybody, it's that time. It's that time. Yup. It's that time. Everybody, Boston, be afraid. That's what we got going on now. Boston, be afraid. So, the Heat, 8-2 and two since that film session. You got the scuffle. What else did I say, by the way? The scuffle and ensuing suspensions in New Orleans was always going to be a good thing. They were going to respond immediately after the game, which they did last night. And now moving forward, it's not like it's a rallying cry or anything, but it's a sign of this team knows it's time to get going. That scuffle and even the ensuing suspensions were always a good thing for your favorite little basketball team. And it's all happening. It's the same thing as always. They're going to make a run in the playoffs like they always do. And they're going to be a massive pain in the ass for whoever the higher seed is. Which, by the way, the Heat now have jumped into number six. All right? They've jumped past Indiana. They're going to jump past Philadelphia as well. I think they're one back of Philly. What we're staring at right now, I don't think they would get any higher than four. They're definitely going to get to at least five. What you're staring at right now, Heat Knicks first round. Yep. You know it. You are staring a Heat Knicks first round matchup right in the face. I mean, that's what we want. It would be Heat Knicks first round. And when the Heat were to get past them, Heat Celtics second round. It's all happening, man. And look, we've been through this before where, all right, these are tough matchups that I threw in front of you. Who cares? They're afraid of us. Boston may be the better regular season team, but when Boston sees the Heat in the playoffs, they're afraid of us. They're afraid of what we're going to do to them. Ain't the other way around. When the Heat see the Knicks in the playoffs, now, I think the Knicks fan probably wants the Heat. They want a little bit of revenge from last year. And this year, a Heat-Knicks series, similar to last year, would feel like those old 90s Heat-Knicks series. Heat-Knicks first round. Oh, the NBA would be salivating over a potential Heat-Knicks first round matchup. That's what I'm talking about. The Heat, now sixth in the Eastern Conference, Great wins to start out this trip. It's all happening. You knew this was going to be the case. Eric Spolster's teams are always great in the second half of the season. And when Jimmy comes out and tells you it's about that time, guess what? It's about that time. The Heat are going to finish this trip strong. They're going to finish the regular season strong. And guess what? We're going to get to it. They're 8-2 since that film session. Anytime now. Could be in a week, two weeks, whatever. They're going to be talking about it on television. How about the Miami Heat? Should we be worried about the Miami Heat? Are the Miami Heat about to make another run? Yup! The answer to all those questions is, yup! And that's where we are right now. So you know we slept good last night. And you know what? Obviously we slept well because the Heat got that late night with the Heat win. But also we slept well because we sleep on sheets and giggles in the Zaslow Mansion. That's right. Sheets and giggles where I get the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets around. 
my man Colin, the founder and CEO of Sheets and Giggles, when he jumped on board Zaslow Show 2.0 about 10, 11 months ago, and he showed me how soft Sheets and Giggles is, I realized, you know what? What a blessing, because not only is the show big time now, because we have Sheets and Giggles on the show, but now I'm getting the best sleep I've ever gotten, and you can too. You could become just like the Zaslow family, one of over 100,000 Americans who are sleeping on Sheets and Giggles and never turning back. Sheetsgiggles.com. You get the bed sheets, the comforter, the pillow, the mattress. If you need a new mattress, what better time than now to pick up a eucalyptus mattress? That's right. And environmentally friendly, made from the wood of eucalyptus trees. If you go to Sheetsgiggles.com, Use promo code ZASLO. You'll get 20% off checkout your first order. Imagine that. You're buying a brand new mattress made from the wood of eucalyptus trees, and you're getting it at 20% off your very first order at SheetsGiggles.com when you use promo code ZASLO. SheetsGiggles.com, promo code ZASLO. You'll thank me later. You're getting the best sleep of your life. SheetsGiggles.com. It's Tuesday. Let's get to Twitter Jam. That's right. Today's edition of Twitter Jam. You know how we do every Tuesday we dive into Twitter Jam. And let's just do it on the Miami Heat's big win last night in Sacramento. Very shorthanded. We'll start things off here. This tweet is from Wes Goldberg. He covers the Miami Heat. All right, very good. Uh, He also locked on the Heat. And he tweets out here, Heat win in Sacramento after a late scare, having blown a 20-point lead. Jaime Jaquez Jr. made the two biggest buckets of the game, a turnaround jumper over Herter, and a crafty up and under through Sabonis, and then he attached the clip, and here it was. Up by only two. Four to shoot. Jaquez shakes and fires and bottoms up for the rookie. Oh. Jaime Jaquez Jr. with 240 left him again. Jaquez against Sabonis. The rookie ducks in! Yes! Hakez! That's right, Jaime Hakez with the two biggest shots there. Back-to-back possessions. That's what I'm talking about. This next tweet here is from Trey Kirby. And he's he uh he writes for The Athletic, covers the NBA for The Athletic. And he says here, Jaime Hakez Jr. cooking the Kings with elite footwork. Post moves are cool. It is true, you know. One of the things about Jaime that you're so impressed about in this rookie season. His footwork is elite. And for a rookie to have the type of footwork and post moves that he does, that's big time. This next tweet is from NBA TV. They had the game last night. And it's a quote here from Bam Adebayo post game with Dennis Scott. He's not a regular rookie. I've always said that. He's well beyond his years. And we're just going to keep driving him to be who he is. And here's the clip postgame from Bam on Jaime. Sometimes rookies come in this league, they try to find their way. But you've seen Jaime find his way, and he was huge tonight down the stretch. Man, he's, he's not a regular rookie. I've always said that. You know, he's well well beyond his years, and, you know, we're just going to keep driving him to be who he is. How come when somebody goes down, we always say the next man up? But it really happens. High Smith and the rest of those guys off the bench really played well. Man, we, y'all don't see the work that goes in behind the scenes. Uh, they, they prepare for situations like this, knowing if guys be out, everybody's ready. This next tweet here, oh, Mike Inglis, how about that? Former all-time great radio voice of the Miami Heat. Mike Inglis tweets, he was staying up for some late night with the Heat last night, and he writes, 
Four W's in a row as shorthanded Miami Heat beat Kings in Sacktown. Three starters, including Butler, were serving suspensions from the scuffle. Bam, 28 points. Rookie Hawkes, 26. Love with 19 off the bench. Heat with their 30th different starting lineup at Portland tonight. Some good nuggets there from Mike Inglis. This next tweet is from Mink Flo. What's his deal? He uh he he's He's a big Heat guy. Says he was featured on ESPN. All right, Mink Flo. He tweets out, The Heat just beat the Kings all without Butler, Rozier, Hero, Richardson, Jovic. That's what I'm talking about. All right, next tweet here. Ah, this is from Clutch Points. And they tweet out, A quote from Jaime Jaquez. Our game plan was just come together and win it for those guys who aren't here with us right now. And here's the clip they attached. Uh, a great win for your team and a great game for you. Talk to us about what it took for you guys to win this game. Uh, it just took a lot of togetherness. You know, we had some bodies down. Um, our game plan was to just come together, win it for those guys who are here with us right now. Uh, shout out to Nico, Jimmy, TB, all those guys. It's for you. <laughs> Good shout out there, Jaime. How about Wes Goldberg here? We're, uh, he's getting a double dip here on this week's Twitter jam. He tweets, the Heat starting lineup that has played zero minutes together coming into tonight's game, is currently outscoring the Kings starting lineup that has played 591 minutes together this season. That's right. That's right. This next tweet is from Bally Sports Sun, and they tweet out, Caleb says goodnight, and here's Caleb throwing it down. Quicker hands. Get on the shot clock. Here comes Martin. Oh, the top of Mount Caleb gave him a great view for the throwdown. That's right. This next tweet is from the Miami Heat Twitter account. And they tweet out, anchored us on both sides of the ball, hit almost everything from the floor, and sealed the game with a massive block. Bam at a bio, master class in Sacramento. The Heat also tweet out, music to our ears. And this was the attached clip. Let's go, Let's go, talking shit about Heat fans. Sell out every single game and constantly go to your building and take over just like the other night in New Orleans, embarrassing their post-game show. And right there, you got the Let's Go Heat chance all the way in Sacramento. And finally, Tom Haberstroh. All right, our pal Tom Haberstroh. And he tweets out here, Heat were plus seven and a half last night without Jimmy Butler and Tyler Hero. They won 121-110 in Sacramento with another 10-plus possessions in zone. And that's also coming off a story where Haberstroh says the Miami Heat are a legit title contender. And that right there is another edition of Twitter Champ. All right, so all guests on Zaslow Show 2.0 brought to us by the official beer of the program, Johnny Cuba. European roots with that Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. Pick up a six-pack for yourself, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. That's how you can enjoy the heat game tonight. Come on, what are we talking about? Make sure you always drink responsibly, and don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Joining us here, our pal is Tom Haberstroh. You just heard Mench, he was in today's edition of Twitter Jam. He's very high on the heat right now. You can catch his writing at TomTheFinder.com. 
You can also catch the podcast, Count the Dings. Also tonight, Heat and Blazers, not that we would get the broadcast down here, but he's on the Blazers television broadcast. Tom, how you doing? Good to see you. Uh, great to see you too, and thanks for bringing me on. Just happenstance that tonight's the the Heat Blazers matchup, and uh, yeah, I look. If people want to watch in Miami in the three oh five, log on to League Pass, and you can see me, your guy, on the broadcast for the Blazers, mixing it up um, and talking about the, the the Blazers and, of course, the team I used to cover, the Miami Heat. So I will be on the broadcast tonight. Yeah. Are you finding a way still to make it fun because this team is terrible? <laughs> which team are you talking oh, about? Oh, you're talking about the Blazers. Okay. Yeah. Uh, no, the, the heat I already put on, on the finder, Tom, the that they're a legit title contender. Of course, I know that they're not uh, a terrible team, but the Blazers they're in the midst of a rebuild and the wins and losses are not there. And Scoot Henderson had a really tough start to his career. It's been much better as of late, but yeah. Uh, when you don't have Damian Lillard on the team, and you have um, an NBA high number of rookies on the roster, it's not going to be pretty. Um, but that's the case for the Oklahoma City Thunder a couple years ago, and now they're the, the arguably the best team in the Western Conference. That's an extreme case. It's not uh, an average output. That's not what we should expect for any rebuilding team. But it was pretty ugly there for a lot of teams that are rebuilding, and so the Blazers are no different. So how, that's, my, how much- that's my diplomatic answer there. No, I get it. How much how much worse do you think it's gone than what they expected this year was going to be? I think they expected it to be a rebuilding year. You know, they, when you talk to uh, Chauncey Billups at press conferences, he was not talking about playoffs. He was talking about development and talking about players like Scoot Henderson, like Chris Murray, uh, Duop Reith, who's been a sensation out of nowhere, a 27-year-old rookie who's second in the NBA in threes uh, for a center. That's that's stuff that I don't think anyone really understood what was going to happen. And Tumani Kamara, who comes over in the trade, these are all non-entities, rookies in the league. Um, and so they didn't really know what exactly they had. Uh, Anthony Simons gets hurt early in the season. DeAndre Ayton's been battling injuries. Malcolm Brogdon. It's been tough to get everyone on the same page. So did they expect to be, you know, fifth in the draft lottery right now in the standings? Maybe not, but I think they had a very clear indication that this was going to be a rebuilding year, retooling year for them. What was your impression of what they got for Damian Lillard? So there's a couple ways to look at it. Um, one is, okay, they got Drew Holiday and then they flipped him for assets, Robert Williams III, Picks, and uh, and Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, there's also the DeAndre Ayton aspect and Tamani Kamara, who's been one of the, the better uh, rookies in this class. It's too early to say that this was a good deal or a bad deal. We've seen that. I mean, Rudy Gobert is a great example last year. I think everyone thought that that was a horrible deal for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now they're the number one seed in the Western Conference. Um, DeAndre Ayton took a while to get figured out into the offense, and now he's averaging, I think, 20 and 10 over his last five or six games. He's figuring some things out. Um, But the real – verdict on this deal is going to come years down the line with the first round draft picks. And so it's too early to say, but I think, um, you know, they're figuring out Anthony Simons. Is he a 25 point score lead guard in today's NBA? He's averaging 22 points a game. Now that's part of the deal in trading away. Damon Lillard is figuring out 
what you have in Anthony Simons and Malcolm Brogdon. He's been battling injuries. He's uh, he's battling an elbow tendonitis right now. So I don't think that Heat fans are looking at this Blazers season and feeling like, man, uh, we we were you know swindled in that deal or they got the better end of that deal or I'm glad that they. I think everyone's feeling pretty good. You talk to Blazers fans. You talk to their front office and they feel good about things. I know that might be bizarre to hear as a Heat fan and looking at the standings, but given the long-term assets, I don't think it's right to assess whether this was a, a bust deal or a, a fair package for Damian Lillard. It's going to come down the line. You know, in a vacuum, obviously the Heat fan, I would want Damian Lillard on the team, but I came to the conclusion at least a month ago maybe even longer, that I think the Heat lucked out. You know, if, if if theoretically we would have had to give up Hero, Robinson, either Hawkes or Jovich, maybe both of them, uh, and whatever draft picks we would have had to include, I'm not sure that that deal would have been a good one for us. What do you think? I mean, I think Eric Spolstra, uh, the culture that he's built – I think they were confident that like, if this deal doesn't work out and they don't get Damian Lillard, we'll be okay. And that's part of what I wrote about in at TomTheFinder.com is like, as long as Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolstra are there, the Heat are going to be title contenders. That's how good each of those three individuals are at their jobs. And Jimmy Butler is someone that is an amplifier. Bam Adebayo is an amplifier for all the role players on the team. So much like they did last year where things turned on in the postseason. They're the 25th best offense in the league, the worst three-point shooting percentage in the league. But when things matter, Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler are able to amplify the the Jovic's out there or the uh, Haywood Highsmiths out there. And so when you don't get Damian Lillard, I think people were like, oh, what are the Heat going to do now? They swung and missed. Uh, you just watched what they did last year. And so Tyler Hero... Um, and the supporting cast that they have with Eric Spolster and the and the Jedi mind tricks that he does to get everybody on the same page and rising tide floats all boats, how all the role players seem to get better as the year goes on in preparation for the playoffs. I'm not willing to say they should be happy they didn't get Damian Lillard. I would be willing to say the plan B was always a lot better than people perceived in the beginning. Like it wasn't like Damian Lillard or bust. It was this team is returning a core that went to the NBA finals. Plan B is pretty darn good. What do you think Bam would be if he weren't drafted by the heat? Oh, he'd probably be like, um, I don't know, like a Clint Capella type where he's uh, a solid NBA player, but not an all-star perennial all-star like he is now. Um, I think being drafted into a Pat Riley, Eric Spolster culture helps him reach his potential. And also, I think it's a, a lot to him. I mean, a testament to him, the work ethic, the understanding of being a, a, an unorthodox center, a guy who can be like in the mold of Draymond Green, where he is the best defender on the team and anchoring the back line of a defense, but also facilitating is something that I think a center position under Pat Riley hasn't been known for. Um, and that's a testament to him reimagining what it is to be a center um, and being that distributor, that that hub of the wheel offensively, um, I think is uh, 
I, uh, to be honest, I don't know if the Heat even envisioned that he was going to be this good. Um, if you put a truth serum to Eric Spolster, does Spo say, yeah, I imagine him being an MVP caliber player. Um, and that's what Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo together are. Uh, and I also think having him anchor a zone defense and being willing to do that and willing to kind of switch up those defensive um, strategies, that's – that's not not every big man wants to do that. Not every big man wants to be that player who's that flexible and that versatile in the defense. And I I, I don't know is Bam Adebayo a, a, an All Star if he's drafted by the Indiana Pacers? Maybe, but it's more likely that he has a solid NBA career rather than uh, one of the greats in franchise history. You know, it's it's, it's looking like Rozier is going to return tonight in Portland. What did you make? What do you make of Rozier with this team? And to also bring it back to Lillard, comparing what they would have given up for Lillard and all the money they would owe Lillard compared to what they gave up for Rozier and the rest of that contract, what do you make of that? Uh, I I will refrain from calling Terry Rozier like a uh, uh, a backup plan to Damian Lillard, like a a homeless person's Damian Lillard is how we used to say it, uh, something like that. I, I, I refrain from doing like they're two different players, but what to, Terry Rozier, scary Terry brings is a guy instant scoring punch off the bench. Um, another weapon next to Tyler hero or in place of Tyler hero, making him um, a, a centerpiece in the starting lineup or in the six man role. Like Terry Rozier gives you options and he's a guy who can play up tempo. He's a guy who can get in the pick and roll and score and get into the teeth of the defense and his shooting percentages aren't there right now. But um, I have full belief in Terry Rozier as an offensive weapon. The defensive side is where I have questions. And that's the same thing with Tyler Hero, too. But the zone defense is so – it mitigates so many of the weaknesses there. Like, the zone defense, what we've seen recently against the Kings and how they just absolutely strangled the Pelicans' offense um, down the stretch. Zion couldn't do anything on Friday. Could just – was totally snuffed out by uh, a Duncan Robinson, Tyler hero led uh, zone defense, which is crazy to think about, but that's, you know, Terry Rozier doesn't make sense on a lot of playoff teams, but on the Miami heat, um, that defensive weakness can be uh, solved largely by the all encompassing uh, zone defense that they're the only playoff team that really goes to this. Like the Utah jazz do it occasionally, but if Terry Rozier, if his, you know, the, the mismatch hunting that you will see in the postseason, um, if that's mitigated by this zone defense, like Terry Rozier is going to be awesome for them. I, I don't foresee the heat being a low seed like they were last year. They're number six right now. They're also going to jump Philadelphia. Who's number five. So the heat are probably going to finish in that four five spot. They're going to make a mess of the Eastern conference again. Right. Yeah, and so in my tiers, Zaz, so I do five-star, four-star, three-star, two-star, one-star titled contenders. Uh, it's called Tom's Title Tiers. I do it every Monday morning on the site. And even when they were a, it mired in a seven-game losing streak, I was like, I don't care with this team. As long as Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo are there, they're going to be in it in the, in the mix for the Eastern Conference Finals. Didn't matter. As long as those two guys and Eric Spolster running things, I have full confidence in this team. And so I think people were kind of like, dude, 
this team's like 500. Why are you still considering them a three-star title contender with the likes of the Phoenix Suns, the Golden State Warriors, the Los Angeles Lakers, the, the Milwaukee Bucks? People are like, they're not on the same level. And I'm like, I don't really think the, the Miami Heat consider the regular season much of a litmus test about how they are. To me, the 82-game season for the Miami Heat is like an 82-game preseason, right, for the postseason. Like, I really do believe as much as Eric Spolster stresses getting in the right habits going into the postseason, when you got guys who get up for the postseason and outperform their regular season results or performance year after year, you kind of have to think, all right, all of that you can throw out. And as long as Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Eric Spolster running things, they're going to be a title contender. So to me, the Boston Celtics have taken a step forward. I do think that they're – their crunch time offense questions will not be answered until the postseason, right? Mm-hmm. The the issue of the stagnant offense with J- uh, Jason Tatum, with uh, Jalen Brown, and now you got Drew Holiday and Chris Porzingis mixing it up. I think they're improved offensively. If they don't get things figured out, their their crunch time offense figured out this year. I think there's going to be big changes in Boston. To me. They're the favorites in the East. Then you got to go with the Miami Heat are right there in the t- next tier with Milwaukee, right? To me, uh, the the Joel Embiid injury kind of clears the deck for the Miami Heat to puncture that wall and get into the Eastern Conference Finals picture. And the New York Knicks, as good as they were, they're facing a lot of injury questions of their own. And so if you see on that, that post, there is an upward trajectory of this Miami Heat team. They are peaking right now two months before the playoffs, month and a half before the playoffs, and there is nothing that has dissuaded me this season to believing that the Miami Heat will be in the mix for the Eastern Conference title again this year. How great is Hawkes Jr.? Uh, he like I don't understand how these teams pass on a guy like that because it's not even like with Bam, where Bam came off the bench his first year and a half with the team. They saw... so. It's not even like, oh, you got to give the Heat all the credit for what Hawkes Jr. is doing right now. They saw it right away. He was playing big minutes from the first day of the regular season. Now, what he's going to turn into over the next couple years, I think the Heat will have their stamp on it. But clearly, this is an NBA-ready player. Why do teams pass on this? His age. That's it, Zaz. It's it's NBA teams, I think, are turning – around the Titanic on this one is they always are looking at potential about what a player can be rather than what they are. And I think for years in the NBA draft, as players came out in the one and done era, there were projects, there were uh, 18, 19 year olds that they were looking at a hey, five years down the road. A lot of GMs, a lot of front offices are in some ways doing this for job security is drafting young guys because, Hey, don't write me off. This year, it talked to me in like three, four years on this prospect. Whereas Hawkeye's coming into the Miami Heat program is a lot like, I think, um, Jalen Brunson or Draymond Green. These guys who are four-year guys uh, who are coming into the league as men, as 22-year-olds, this is, I think, a turning point in the NBA draft. Hawkeye's is an example of someone who's super talented, super skilled, but maybe falls in the draft because he's a senior. Right. He's a guy who, hey, can we really project and and take credit for his growth in the NBA? Whereas the smart teams like the Miami Heat are like, no, this this guy's a baller. He's really good and he can step in right away and produce. And I think that's primarily the biggest reason 
not because of anything in particular with his skill set. I think it's NBA teams and GMs are scared away by the age and not being able to say like, hey, in two, three years down the road, then we can evaluate this. Whereas Hakez, the Miami Heat, they know this is a plug and play guy who does so many things well, and he's really smart out there. And I think he's perfect for the Miami Heat. Well, you heard Tom, he's on the Blazers broadcast. So if you got NBA League Pass, you can catch some of Tom tonight with the Blazers studio crew, Heat and Blazers, late night with the Heat tonight. Before I let you go, and and you can find out Tom's column on TomTheFinder.com, where, of course, as you can hear, he does still project the Miami Heat as a title contender this year. You contributed to a recent episode of Pablo Torre Finds Out, right? Yeah, yeah, Pablo Torre Finds Out uh, on YouTube right now. Um, a NBA stat keeper scandal that erupted in 2009, kind of went dormant. And then I, I don't know found- if I know about this. The Vancouver Grizzlies, remember the Jaron Jackson Jr. thing that happened last year where people thought he was the hometown uh, stat keeper for the yes. Grizzlies who were cooking the books and, yes. pr- and propelling his depoy candidacy? Turns out that was not real. Like That was debunked pretty quickly. But in 2009, Deadspin ran a story about uh, Alex from the Navy, a guy who uh, admitted uh, anonymously that he was a Grizzlies stat keeper in the late 90s. And he was absolutely told by the organization and it was endemic among stack keepers around the league to kind of juice the stats for your hometown guy. And so I actually found Alex from the Navy and talked to him and we reveal who it is and also whether he thinks right now there are Alex from the Navy's or, or stack keepers that cook the books for their home team. And the answer and also all the other teams Miami Heat didn't really come up in this story, but all the other teams as around that time in the late 90s where the home road splits on their stats, blocks, steals, assists are crazy. And it's not just the Vancouver Grizzlies. This is a story about the entire league. So go check that out. Pablo Torre finds out on YouTube and I'll be tweeting about it and writing about it at TomTheFinder.com. Well, and what would be an example? Would a guy not get his hand on a shot and they would still give him a block anyway? Yeah, uh, you know the Nick Van Exel game where he had 23 assists uh, back in the day? Um, There were maybe 15 legit assists on that night, and then like seven or eight were just completely juiced. And uh, we run a clip, and there are a couple clips um, that I I watch where like Sharif Abdurrahim for that season, um, of his 38 games in his first two years in the league with the Grizzlies, Sharif Abdurrahim, 38 games where he had multiple blocks, 32 of them were at home. So 32 of his best block games, 32 of his 38 were at home. Um, and so if you watch the tape, it's hard to get the tape of the late 90s, as, as you probably have found out in your career. Uh, but when you watch the games, so much se- subjectivity is involved with assessing whether a block could be attributed to – like. Shaq had 15 blocks with the Lakers one time. And when the guy, there's been a guy who's on the internet, like looking at the film, gets the film and watches it. Like maybe eight of those are legit, but 15, multiple of them are goaltends as here's one way. Goaltends, they're still considered blocks for whatever reason for Shaq in those games. So those are like things that is lost to history because we don't have readily available film um, to watch and verify these stats. But uh, it, it brings into question a lot of the legitimacy of some of the stats in the late 80s and 90s when there just wasn't any internet and there wasn't this kind of instant um, fact-checking and auditing on the stats. And it's not every team, 
but a lot of teams were showing a lot of um, home road disparities on their on their blocks, assists, and steals, which are subjective in nature. And so go check that out on uh, on Pablo Torre Finds Out on YouTube. And also, I'll be writing about it some on TomTheFinder.com. Very cool. Very cool. Lastly, are you embarrassed that your alma mater, Wake Forest, stormed the court in a game that they were favored in? Am I embarrassed that we enjoy victories and we like to celebrate? No, I'm not embarrassed. And if we want to talk about film, I would just say the framing about this story and Filipowski getting injured by being bulldozed by a fan, when you watch the films as seems like a little bit of fudgering on its own. Like, let's actually look at what happened there. And I hope Filipowski's okay, but let's not make this a, a Wake Forest thing. This is... This is, seems to be a little bit, um, I don't know, not to go Zapruder film on you, but it, it feels like to me it, it's an overblown story. I hope he's okay. Excellent job, Tom. Good catching up with you, man. Thank you. You got it, Zaz, anytime. Excellent job by Tom Haberstrow. Again, you could find his work and that column, TomTheFinder.com. You know, I'll tell you what else is excellent. If you're thinking about getting a new car, you go to North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. That's what I'm talking about. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, official car dealership of Zaslow Show 2.0. We're still in the month of February, and there's a lot to love at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru with incredible offers on all new Subarus in stock as well as every pre-owned vehicle on their lot. And right now at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you can make zero down payment, make zero payments for three months, and make zero security deposit. I mean, that's that's the kind of car shopping experience you're looking for, where you know you leave with the car that's perfect for you and your family, and you're getting the best and most affordable deal out there. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, super easy to find on North Andrews Avenue. It's that beautiful building. You can see it from I-95 at the Cypress Creek Road exit. And maybe you're just looking to get uh, your car serviced. Well, you don't have to be driving a Subaru right now to get service with confidence at North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. They service all makes and models. That's right. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. You can check out all their deals right now at nflsubaru.com. That's nflsubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, the location you know with an experience you'll love. Let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, Peter King, I mean, Probably the all-time premier NFL writer. He wrote his final column yesterday morning. He's not retiring in full, but he is stepping away from the column. He's, I guess, starting the retirement process. And you had media members all over who were, you know, paying homage to the great Peter King. Let's hear from our pal Evan Cohen, ESPN Radio, one of my colleagues. 6, 10 a.m. every morning on ESPN Radio, and here he is giving it up for Peter King. Peter mm -hmm. King, Hall of Fame NFL and sports writer and broadcaster, announced in his column today for NBC Sports that he is going to be retiring from this column. Right, He still may work in some capacity, but Peter King has been the gold standard in this industry for storytelling, football storytelling, inside info. Guys like Schefter and Glazer, etc., kind of, have always um, respected him, looked up to him. He is as great as they get. His Football Morning in America, his previous Monday Morning Quarterback column, I mean, phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. I'm going big deal. That's an excellent job out of Evan Cohen there. And again, Peter King, everybody's had really nice things to say about him. Anytime I've had him on my show, he's been super nice, super pleasant. Big deal or not a big deal. So yesterday, 
the big story was the, and you heard there Haberstroh storming the court. Should it be banned? Jay Billis, he thinks it's time to get rid of it. And maybe a way to stop it is uh, you, you arrest, you detain these students. Well, how about yesterday on the NBA Today? Richard Jefferson, he he went off about Jay Billis. But this is a part of college sports. It always has been for, what, 40 years, 50 years? You know what? Even in football, you're going to stop all the people from running on the field when Alabama loses to Florida A&M? No, you're not going to stop it. So figure out a way to protect your players. And again, we're talking about one situation, two situations over the course of how many court stormings. We get it. But let's not get old and get the get off my lawn, get a citation, let's arrest them all. Do Do we know what we're talking about when we say these things? Like, come on, to me... If you paid your tuition and you go and support your team and they're an underdog against a high-level Arizona Duke, North Carolina, Kansas, Kentucky, and you get the win, look, you deserve to storm the court. That's my opinion. Let's not arrest or give citations to 10,000 people. What are we talking about? Holy cosign. What are we talking about? And agree with you on that one, Rich. I'm going big deal. I mean, I think the reaction from Richard Jefferson there is a little bit strong. If I can be perfectly honest here, it it, it feels like it's one of those instances where, hey, Say something really crazy with a lot of fervor and a lot of attitude, and let's see if it goes viral. Let's see if it gets some attention. Uh, So I'm I'm going big deal. And finally, big deal or not a big deal, you know, the LA Clippers, they're a real contender. And the reason, because Kawhi Leonard is not just an MVP candidate, but he is playing. He's only missed five games, I think, so far this year. He was asked recently, what's the reason he's been able to play so much this year? What goes into you being able to be available for so many of these games this year? Not tearing my ACL. Um, not tearing my meniscus. Yeah, I'm going big deal. I mean, it's it's a simple but effective answer. I'm able to play because I don't have a torn ACL. Because uh, I didn't tear my meniscus. I'm going big deal. And that right there is another addition. A big deal. Not a big deal. All right. There you go. Fun show today. So we got things going on today. You got the Panthers, by the way. Haven't even mentioned the Panthers. Thing. Panthers tonight, they're hosting Buffalo right after the Panther game. You got late night with the Heat tonight. Heat at Portland at 10 p.m. I'm hosting ESPN Radio game night tonight with Emmett Golden. So make sure you join me and Emmett 10 p.m. tonight, 10 p.m. to 1 a.m. Eastern time, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, the ESPN app, or locally on ESPN West Palm 106.3 FM. So hang out with us tonight. It's a very big sports night. Today's show brought to you in part by Bet Online. We'll talk to you on Zaslav Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba? That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie. And right now, you got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. 
Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.